For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by Mary Sedai of the Green Aja. Stepping out from behind a thatch-roofed house, Mogidian wondered idly where this little village was. Not the sort of place she would expect to see banners flying. The girl had been stronger than she thought. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded, and we have answered the call. Today we are covering The Fires of Heaven, Part 3, Chapters 17 through 25. Yes, as feels good always to get back into Randland uh, for us, you know, I think a little bit of vacations as... I feel like you have some news. You you might just oh. there's the fires well, are burning. The yeah. shadows, you know. Yeah, I've been. Uh, gosh, I'm trying. Yeah, I was trying to think of a good wheel of time. There, yeah. Okay, here's here's a good one, right? So there are neither beginnings nor are there endings, right, to the wheel of time. But this is a beginning for Sir Ezra. All right, this is a beginning, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that the school year has ended. And I am not returning. <laughs> like, Sir Ezra is, is uh, forging a new path. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm going to make some content. I'm going to try to make some more content. I'm going to try to, you know, get a job that is a little less stressful, maybe, than, than the mm-hmm. one that I, that I had. I'm pursuing other things, other things that I'll disclose later. But, I mean, kind of, uh, you know, got a lot going on. And I just... Wanted to kind of throw that out there. I, I hinted at it in our group, and I've hinted at it on other podcasting projects. But uh, Ez is just making some pretty big, major life uh, changes. So hopefully that's a good thing for the podcasting world, and that's a good thing for you know the projects that we run, and we're able to kind of uh, do some more fun stuff, get creative, 
and yeah, we'll kind of see how that goes. But overall, uh, needed a change and needed to just kind of, I feel like I've talked to a lot of people who it's the, whether it's the pandemic or it's just in general, maybe it's this time of life for me or whatever the season of life, but sometimes you, you just need to mix things up or you need to, something comes across or you, you, you come across something in life that is so important that it takes you down a whole nother course. And I feel like that's sort of what's happening to me and I'm happy for it and we'll see kind of where it goes. But that has been sort of the, the ending to the school year has been, has been tough. It is not easy, Sir Matt, to run, I believe I am on four, if not four and a half different podcasting projects and to mm-hmm. grade papers, reply to emails to parents, teach full time and do all the things that we need to do. So it's just like, now that's my own problem because I, you know, decided to jump into all these different projects, but it's what I like doing. I'm passionate about it. I'd rather, you know, hey, man. Know, educate the in the pot. Yeah, that's right. What, that's what <clears throat> that's what we're here for as to live, to live your dream. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Hopefully someday I will be there uh, as well. Maybe if, you know, this dogecoin or amc stock good god just keep skyrocketing i'll be right there with you you know (laughs) could you imagine wow wow (sighs) be great that'd be great so yeah um yes no that's super cool it's gonna be awesome as i'm gonna be cranking out a lot more content uh there's yeah go ahead you also just got back from vacay too so we had memorial day weekend yeah man like how was that california i went to it was cool it was fun. We, we saw some friends in Ferret. Well, they live in Lemoore, California, which is, uh, I think it's like an hour south of Fresno. First of all, the plane we had to take to get there. Okay. Yeah. It was like, it was still, it was like, you know, you've you ever been on the small planes where it's like two seats and two seats. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you have like an aisle. Yeah. Like some yeah, yeah. So sometimes Small. like Columbus to Orlando is like that where it's yep. smaller plane, not like you know the big ones. Okay, this one was like that, but it didn't have like the turbines. It had like two propellers. No, it did not. <laughs> no, it did <laughs> I not. Like, I You're was like, joking I don't know about this, man. I I'm not <laughs> joking. That's like I've seen like, these in I cartoons. Know, I don't know. I was like, I was like, I don't know if it can jump and how many pedals this thing's jumped, but wow. Yeah. That, so we got there. It was yeah. fun. We went to, uh, yeah, we hung out. We went to Sequoia National Park, which is pretty cool. I had yeah, yeah. National Park to my list. Nice. Did not see any Sequoia trees. You got to go like further up the uh, mountain to do that, but it was pretty cool. Got to go yeah. to add another, add another. Uh, I've never been to Fresno. So boom, add it to add it to the list. So that was, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. So nice. Yeah, so we just got back from vacation there. So uh, anyway, let's get to some news. As um, first, let's talk about a little bit about some podcasting news. So, guys, the Apple Podcasts for the, which is the majority of listeners. Uh, I think it's roughly seventy percent of the people that listen listen on Apple Podcasts. They are getting ready to sort of update their player to where you can do sort of subscriptions um, through there. Uh, And so not all of the details are released exactly yet. And it was supposed to be out like this week, but it got pushed back. So we have to wait and see, but just know that for you guys who are like, 
I want to support the podcast. I'd love to get like Patreon content, but I don't want to like go to Patreon to do it. Well, we still have to wait and see what everything seems like, but it seems like we might be able to, you might be able to get Patreon content on Apple podcasts, which would be a lot easier for a lot of other people and stuff like that. So stay tuned. There's a lot of news for it. Um, we still have to kind of see, but just stay tuned for that. Cause I think yeah. if, if it turns out to be what they're kind of saying as I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and so a lot of people who follow this project also follow our other stuff and, and know that like the cool thing about that is you can combine projects, you know, and you can give people kind of mm-hmm. like this one subscription boom gets you into these different, you know, our, our channel essentially of, of our network of, of podcasts, which I think would be pretty freaking awesome. So yeah, I'm, exactly user-friendly and all that good stuff so we'll see we'll, we'll keep you guys informed if that happens we'll uh we'll let you know and we'll get right on it because it's a really really cool option and honestly it helps what we like doing is is recording podcast and making audio content and video content so uh we're more than happy to go do more you know of that kind of stuff to to really you know i don't know create a better cooler atmosphere or, or uh educate or go more into kind of tutorials on the wheel of time or whatever it might be. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I just, right. I have not had time to do. That's, that's sort of my big thing is I haven't had time to do it. So there's an incentive with the Apple, you know, podcasting news, and then also me kind of switching gears here. So all of that uh, is, is cool. And I would love to kind of keep doing that, keep growing our community and keep having a, you know, a great time here on Heroes of the Horn. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so now let's get to some wheel of time news. So we did a, we talked about this on a YouTube video, but we haven't talked about it on the podcast. And that is, there was a Q and a, um, as yeah. by Rafe yep. Jutkins. And they're basically, and it, we don't have to go into all of it here on the podcast. Um, but, uh, they went through it and <clears throat> they sort of answered a lot of questions about the show. Um, just sort of big stuff that we'd all been kind of, you know, thinking about what's it going to look like, where is it going to, uh, what's it going to go, costuming, just a lot of, they, they always do these kinds of things. Um, and I think you and I now are, we've been shifting around upon what we kind of think season one's going to be and mm-hmm. where it's going to go. And I think now you and I are back to where we were originally before we were tainted by the dark ones who mm-hmm. were on the internet who were telling us it's going to be all, all book one and two. And now I'm thinking, no, it's not. It's its own, it's going to be its own thing. It's its own thing. Yeah, he, he was really he was really clear about that book by book, you know, kind of adaptation. No, he kept saying over and over, it's a series adaptation, meaning it's inspired by essentially. That's the way I looked at it. I was I was reading it more and more as if it's like inspired by with the characters. They'll be there, and it, the the reason we say that so much is Logan, flat out. Like I think the I think the yeah. whole Logan story. It's the, it's the obvious one. Yeah, it's pushed way forward, and they're obviously doing a lot more with it earlier. Uh, and on, we're in book five, and we haven't even got to what I think are some and of the Logan most... just started. Yeah. Yes. So right. w- that's going to be way different. So, yeah. We'll yeah. Um, he did say that there... that uh, Somebody said... Who, somebody asked him a question on a character. He said... Uh, what's one character who uh, season two, by the way, uh, I guess we can say this has been greenlit. We kind of already yeah. knew that, yeah. but now it's like season two is like in production, like season two's in production, which is cool. Right. Um, but he said, this is one of the questions was what's one character that you wish was in season one, but we won't show up until season two. And all he said was, 
Um, it starts with an E-L. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, my thought is that's either Elida. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. I think it's Elaine. Elaine. Yeah. Yeah. So, Camelin. You know, Camelin's going to look a lot different. I mean, are we either not going to see the royal family. They're going to be hinted at. Like, we're going to know that they're there. But the, the weird thing to me would be that we would maybe see Avienda before we saw Elaine. And I was like, that's because he hinted you know, at there being might, an Aiel. And actually, I... You, we we might not even go to Camelin. Yeah, we might not. We might not. What if we pick up Logan like, along the way? And it's, like, him traveling with them. Logan's traveling with the crew. Could you... Dude, I... Like, so, from the get-go. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, I think we will see the... I think we will see the wars. I think there's going to be another point of view, which is... Maybe we're going to see Logan talking about what would be interesting is if you want to sell more rain more as like a miss, like a, a villain, someone we can't really trust. Well, she's an Aes Sedai. What we could see is Logan talking about the red Aja coming or using him or setting him up or just trying to confront him. And they're going to kill this man. You either make him like a villain or you make the Aes Sedai out to be kind of villainous. And then Tom Marilyn the whole time is kind of, you know, Rand and the guy, the, the, the Emmons fielders are like, yeah, Moraine, I don't know if we should really trust you or not. And we, the audience, are watching Logan just get tortured and tormented what or if... captured by the Red Aja. I mean, I'm starting, I'm starting to think like basically the way he kind of said it, the way I feel about this now is I feel like, like gloves are off and it's we're going to do what we have to do to get this thing done. Yeah. Like, and to make it all work. Like, I'm even thinking now, like, what if Logan, like, isn't stilled when we meet him or gentled, right? Like, what if he isn't gentled when we meet him? And then, like, like season one is a lot of, like, Moraine thinking, well, maybe Logan is the dragon or is it? And then it's, like, revealed at the end. No, it's the end of season one's like, no, it's not Logan. It's Rand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I mean, because I don't even think we're going to Camelin season one now. I don't even I don't even think we're going. Because he talked he talks about some of the things he talks about is he talks about like filming locations. Like, well, we only have so you know there's a budget. We can we can't do we can't do everything. Um, they said you know Tom's coat is not going to change colors. Like, you know all of these things. Like you guys you know you guys got to scale this down. This is TV. We can't we cannot do anything and everything and we have to sort of make this work i mean men to me seems like she's going to be a much bigger part of mm -hmm. of, of season one yeah and i actually sent him for the q a i actually sent him a question he did not choose mine to answer which was mine was about came he didn't choose I, mine either yeah i i said are we going to hear the battle cry forward the white lion right the white lion of andor or or you know the the white lion on the red flag are we going to hear that see that nada doesn't touch it. Not touching any of the Camelin stuff. We're not going there. Why? I mean, I asked him. I I asked him if he, if he's a dark friend since his light was literally put out in Survivor, and he didn't respond. So. Let, me, let, <laughs> let, let, let me ask you a question. What if? Uh, you, and by the way, before I say this, please know we're totally just kidding, and we're trying to just be a little bit funny, and uh, right. you know, it is it is what it is. Entertainment. All right. What if Rafe is just like. You know what? I'm. This is. Th there are neither beginnings nor other endings to the turning of the wheel of time. But this is a beginning, and it's his beginning, and it's Rafe's beginning. And he says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this the way I want to do it." <laughs> like, 
Good God. Could you imagine if he just came in there and like, this is the way the wheel of time should have been. It's, it's not. There's tons of people looking in on this. But it's like, I, it has to be adapted, Sir Matt. It cannot be the same as the books and the sequence of events are going to be different. And you have to think about the larger audience and what's going to thrill them and what's going to keep them captivated to watch the entire season. If they know out the gate that Rand is just the guy and it's just whatever, there's no hints and there's no, I don't know, you, you, you want the, the viewer to be picking up on clues and theorizing and saying, oh, you know, what, what could be happening without going to the books and, and having it spoiled. And I think there's going to be stuff that book readers are going to be like, okay, he's doing some, some different stuff here. And we, we might not have this, you know, like you said, maybe he's not stilled. Never even thought about that. But what if you just don't still low gain? I mean, he might not, he might not be, he really, he really, he really might or not gentle. Be. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Right. Gentle. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. People are like, well, <sighs> it's not the same thing, but you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I don't know. You know, um, the Reddit released on Reddit. There was um, somebody compiled all of the leaked anything that's ever been leaked mm -hmm. by the whole by the whole thing. Any of the leaked photos and stuff like that. Um, and I, 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 I pulled it up on Google Drive. It's like 200 photos of like leaked what stuff. Nothing of Kaylee. Yeah. <laughs> no Kaylee um, leaks. Here, let me, here, let me. Can I screen All... share here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you can. So, yeah. you, so you can see. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta enable it here. Oh, here, okay. Um, and I can, I can, I can show you. I can show you some of this. Um, yeah. So it's probably all fall Dara and stuff like that. I'm guessing, right? You know, it says host disabled participant screen sharing. Wow, man! Why don't you, you just give me, me why, don't you, why don't you just give me a second here? You know. Yeah, well, it's like it's it's like it's like a guy click. I'm like clicking the windows on the car. Like, hey, 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 let me. <laughs> Good lord. There, there we go. There we go. Okay. Um. So here are uh. So maybe for those of you guys who are watching this, but so there's like pictures of like here's the way gates. Now that's not like a. Oh, cheesy cow. Guys, that looks sweet. I do remember when the Waygates first came out and they, they showed those. And hmm. yeah. yeah, this is somebody who's went up to him. And I mean, unless that's just something that just is out there. Is that like an actual thing or do they make that? No, they made, yeah, they made it because they got the green screen but, behind it too. Yeah. 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 That looks cool. That looks super cool. Right. So we know we're going through a Waygate season one, obviously. Yeah. Right. Yep. Which is okay. We know we're going through the ways. And that doesn't look so, like it's in Camelon, does it? I mean, we're No, it looks like it's out in the woods. So we're I think we're definitely gonna get through we're definitely getting through the eye of the world. I think we're gonna be in somewhere in the Great Hunt mm -hmm. is where you know, is is I think we're I think we're gonna be through. Um now I think we were talking with Sir Jimmy. Uh he actually had a really good idea of where he said he thought um of, of where he thought season one would end he said he thought he thought it would end with like them getting cap uh it would like Egwene's story would end with her getting like captured yeah yeah okay yeah yeah so here's like uh yeah the, the mountain yeah, range the mountain, and like, filming somewhere in the mountains well so like, like everything so seems to cool. be them on the road outdoors traveling uh shot our logoth we got the concept art for that like you're you're kind of right we didn't get anything for I think we're only in Camelon just for a little bit. We're working towards it. I think they bypass it. Mm -hmm. You're probably right. They go straight to Faldara and are yeah. Yeah. So here's the blight. Yep. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. So 
Huh. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else here? Super cool. A lot of the, a lot of this is like. See, some of this is like might be. It's like ah, uh, you know, Tarvalin. Really? Yeah, but that one was never official. The Tinkers thing we kind of knew because we saw the concept art for it. Yeah. Yep. Um. And so there was like a photo of it. So we know. So we know we're gonna see the Tinkers season one. Okay. Um. But we, that was that was a concept art we covered. Like you wouldn't do concept art if you're not if you're not gonna do it. Evans Field, there's definitely a lot of cool stuff here. Again, we know this. We, we've even already seen actual footage of it, and obviously it's going to be where they start, but just kind of cool to see. Yeah, to, so to me, like, you have to kind of build up the home that you're fighting for and, like, the Shire, if you will. So mm-hmm. Emmons Field, I'm, I'm fine if they spend more time there or even we get, like, an episode or two of them there learning about like low gain, we flash over to low gain fighting with the red Aja and being taken in or, or whatever. But then they've got tons yeah. of, Oh, they're totally doing the Elias golden. Eyes. Yeah. We're, we're going to, we're de- Yeah. We're definitely going to see wolves. The white cloak was stuff that we had seen. Yeah. Um, Man, that's, and I think their I think their armor looks awesome. It's definitely going to be unique. Like the whole armor and everything in this show is, uh-huh. is going to be unique. Guys, Matt has literally downloaded absolutely all of the leaks here. Oh, this I found is... it. Oh man, I we're we're on like the whole deal. I mean, oh, Tar and Fairy, they're saying that's that's Brandon, Brandon Sanderson on set, yeah. man. So they're that's what yeah. people think. That doesn't mean Matt. That's it, right? That's that the cross. That's the crossing. That's I I know. I mean, there's <laughs> a draw car following, man. You're like it's crazy. I yeah, can't believe you're showing all this yes. right now. <laughs> people oh, are gonna be like, sorry, what? The? They're probably gonna get. Fucking get taken out. Yeah, see, some of this stuff they don't know. You know, they, they think, oh, here's just so some of these are like places they knew it was filming. That doesn't that we we don't know that it's going to be used in a scene or whatever. We just know that they're filming in in places you know around here. So you kind of just you know come up. It's like it's kind of like Game of Thrones, right? It's like you know sure. you think like, well, we know they're filming in Croatia. We get to see like all oh, this is probably going to be what King's Landing looks like. Same type of thing here. So yeah, um, you know, un- some unknown villages and farms. Um. Wow, you know, cool, cool. It's, yeah. it's all sort of a cool aesthetic. It's it was all on Reddit, by the way. All all of those. There's like a it leads you to somebody's Google, sure. Google Drive, and you can. I was like, well, I'm gonna have to get that link, but yeah, I have to get tell it. I have not. I, I, so there, yeah, there's there's yeah. nothing in here. There's nothing in here that that is like gets me anywhere to where I think. Um, you know that. Because again, I think most I think most of the stuff was before they they finished finished. So I don't think we've seen any footage or any leaks of that like final little bit. So you know, it just comes down to ultimately where do we think where do we think it's going to go? I think it's going to be middle of the great hunt, which is where I was at at the beginning. I said I said I think we're get to the middle of the great hunt. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. I mean, move us forward quickly and and get us into more characters or whatever. I think that's fine. It, also, too, I think it's even hard to say like middle of the great hunt when when storylines for low gain that happened in book five are going to be happening maybe earlier. You know what I mean? Like right. all of this traveling, him going and to, there to might the be new tower. spring stuff. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're bringing it all, all kind of together. Like it's just crazy. You could see a character who is really important much later. And some characters I can't even mention to Sir Matt right now that are later on that you might reference, you might list them off here and in season one who knows with right. the script and everything and that's not even to say that's not even to say that there won't be eye of the world stuff in season two right yeah. hey i think we can take this scene and adapt it here yep you know 
Yeah, it it, it is a daunting task. Crazy. So, Rafe, we appreciate you for it. Uh, your light needs to shine, shine on, my friend. So, it can't go out Seriously. on the show. It cannot go out. So, yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Well, uh, with that, uh, do we have anything before we start the reread? The, uh, the read, I get the, the the chapter says. Yeah, just I want to give a uh, shout out here. Uh, I like to do this from time to time. So. Just a shout out to uh, we have a new patron, Sir David, uh, who just signed up the other day and said, hey, guys, just finished the Eye of the World for the first time listening to the podcast. Love it. Uh, and got a lot of catching up to do, but enjoys the discussions and is, is ready for the extended edition and keeping up. So I just want to give him a shout out and say thanks to all of our patrons for supporting us over there and uh, helping out the podcast. We really do appreciate it. And we'll post the extended edition. And actually, we have a ton of chapters today, so we're probably going to pick something to follow up on in extended edition. We'll see what that, we kind of just naturally figure that out as we, as we dive through these chapters. So but that's it, man. I'm ready. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, today we're talking about 17 through 25. So I think it's like 19 is like a long chapter. The rest are all pretty short. Um, but so we have 17 heading West 18, a hound of darkness, 19 memories. This is the long one. Uh, 20, the Jengai pass. Uh, 21, a gift, the gift of a blade. 22, bird calls by night. 23, the fifth I give you. 24, a message sent. And 25, dreams of Galad. Uh, so let's go back here to 17. Mm-hmm. Heading west. So Elaine and Inev sneak out of the light of truth and head west in the direction of Luca's menagerie. Uh, after five miles, Tom and Julian catch up, and the Gleeman tells the woman he has learned that Pedro Nile is trying to unite the nations against Rand. Yeah, so and and he is, you know, he he's trying to unite them against Rand, and I don't, you know, the White Cloaks are already, dude, a menagerie, right? So this uh, it's a collection of captive animals, exotic kept for display kind of zoo like kind of circus like i just thought this was interesting this is this is in here and you get some pretty uh crazy things as we follow through with with luca and we learn about what everyone has to kind of do in remember he was kind of slighted by nynaeve Mm -hmm. as he needed some some money or whatever and and was a bit slighted later on they're going to catch up with him here in this chapter and he's paid a large amount of money just to kind of take them in for hiding so they can hide in with this group of people and try to blend in but to blend in they've got to be like a part of the show so i don't know uh, what would you you know matt we're out and about what's your talent man what do we have to do to get in the menagerie what is what's what's up was robert jordan just on some set of kick when he was writing this book like you know we're just gonna have all of our characters try to get and become part of like a uh like on stage or something because we saw suan do the same thing i mean Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They have these talents. Yeah, exactly. It, it is a way it's to kind pattern. of. It's the pattern. It's pushing them forward. <laughs> I think a lot of us. Here's something. It may, maybe this was his thought, right? A lot of us have talents. Like a lot of us can sing, or maybe we we could play an instrument if we tried, or we could. You know, there's right. we have talents. We just don't. You're never put in a situation where you're like, okay, now I have to do this. Like I have to. So it's kind of fun to watch these characters roll in here and say, okay, to blend in, what are you good at? Uh, I can throw knives. Uh, <laughs> like everyone's pulling out, like, like, like Elaine is in, is gonna have to come up with something, right? And she's been trained in 
I don't know, probably been tutored in a lot of different things in Gamelin and then Nynaeve, what? You're going to just heal people or what's what's the deal? You're going to... Braid hair. Braid hair? <laughs> Braid hair. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That'll Tug. Be... She's really good at tugging on her hair. On her braid. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, it is just kind of funny and I thought to myself, like, what would my what would my talent be, you know, if I, if I were, what would be my you show? Play, you can play, you can play banjo. Yeah, I could play, I could play the banjo a little bit. I could get up there and maybe str- you can play str- the strum viola. Yeah. I play the fiddle a little bit. I guess I would do that. Maybe I'm just a gleeman. Maybe I'm a gleeman and I don't really know it, you know, cause we like telling stories and we, yeah. we enjoy kind of like talking, you know? Mm-hmm. So feel like that's, that's Tom. Tom's just good old storyteller. And you, you know, I can't juggle. I can't, I can't do that. Nor can I throw you know, knives. A few card tricks. I do know some card tricks. I know some. I know some really good card tricks. Actually, you've seen them. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm not. I cannot. I am not good at card tricks. I can play guitar, so I guess that'd be that'd be my thing. Yeah. Would you work with any of the animals? I mean, is that not? Oh, I don't know, man. Animals. Animals freak me out. They scare me too. I'm just like th- some of them are huge. They're just huge. I've said for years, I've said for years, I don't, I don't like horses. Uh, not that I'm like, oh, horses. I just, they freak me out, man. Especially draft horses. Those things are like Huge. elephants. They're just enormous. Huge. They would just barely brush you. Like, just, you imagine just, getting kicked by one? You'd be no, dead. Just knock you over. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I, I rode a horse one time. You'd be. One time. And it was in control. I was nothing I could do. It was just guiding me wherever I was. His name was Diener. Right. I'll never forget Diener. I almost got lost in a national park. It was crazy. So, yeah. Wow. Anyway, we do have on our on our Game of Thrones on our Game of Thrones podcast. We do ha- we did we did set up a what we th- what we think is going to be an impossible patron stretch goal of if we hit like three thousand patrons, oh as American God. joust. So joust. We would have yeah. to ride horses in, in the event. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be the end of the podcast, right there. We'll be one of us will be dead. It'll be the end. It'll be the end of all of it. Yeah, we'll be dead. We will. We will be dead. Um, okay, uh, let's move on here to chapter eighteen. A hound in the darkness. So again, a lot of these chapters were short. They're like twenty. Yes. Minutes. Yep. Um, and as you have to stop me because I think you were sort of going over the summaries. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Pull them from Tarvalin Library, and I think there was one or two that had some things where you were like, Spoiler. "Oh, doesn't not supposed to know that yet." Because sometimes just the way they read it. So, just stop me if you think I'm going to say will. something. I think you're good on this one. Yep, is spoiler. Um. Okay. So, how did the darkness? So, Leandrin returns to Joran Arine's house and Amador to find someone waiting for her with the other Black Sisters. That someone, it turns out, is no less than Mogadine. Leon, uh, Leandrin thinks of uh, competing against her at first, but after a lesson uh, from Mogadine, she quickly changes her mind. Mogadine assigns six of the 11 Black Sisters different tasks without letting the others know of it. The five remaining ones, Leandrin, uh, Chesmol, Asne, uh, uh, Tamale, and Eldrith are set to find Nynaeve and take her to Mogadine. Yeah, some of these, uh, by the way, we're going to get into some of these names even in this that are, uh, yeah, I, I have to go back and hear it in the audiobook again. There's so many. Um, right. But yeah, we've got, we're, we're, this is, we're in with the Black Aja. And so we've got Leandrin, uh, Mogidian, and our 10 kind of remaining black sisters that are around Leandrin. And 
we just sort of get to see Landrin try and challenge Mogadine and it doesn't it doesn't go well right it's she's extremely powerful she's forsaken for a reason and it, yeah it just does it just doesn't go well um because the rest of them as she comes in like the rest of them are already kind of in fault falling in line uh let's see so Mogidian, yeah, did not know who headed the black object it was a revelation Mogidian did not know everything leandrin had always imagined the forsaken as close to omnipotent uh, something far beyond ordinary mortals. Perhaps the woman truly was in flight from the other Forsaken. So they kind of believe maybe she's even on the run. And we've started to, to learn from Moraine and from Rand that the Forsaken are not like this, you know, cohesive group. They they actually do have their own kind of agendas and and might be working even against each other. So that something to keep your eye on, I guess. So uh, let's see. So with that thought, I think this is where, where Leandrin kind of thinks like, okay, maybe I can overpower her in some way. Uh, great mistress, we serve the great Lord as you do. We also were promised eternal life and power when the great Lord re... Do you think that you are my equal, little sister? Mogidian grimaced in disgust. Did you stand in the pit of doom to uh, dedicate your soul to the great Lord? Did you taste the sweetness of victory at Paradisan? or the bitter ashes um, at Ashardan. You are a, uh, you are barely a trained puppy. So, you know, she's basically kind of scolding them for even thinking that they are in the same category as the Forsaken. And she kind of, a lot of them do this and they hearken back to the age of uh, legends and what it was like to be summoned and, and to be before the, uh, I'll call him the Dark Lord, the Dark One, um, and, and to be there in the Pit of Doom to be bound to him, essentially. So, yeah, pretty pretty radical. Yeah, you know, I was kind of thinking about Leandrin here. Um, it's kind of interesting, too, to think about because um, one of the things is that she finds out is she ends up sort of finding out, like, what's going on, right? Uh, at the tower yeah and yeah. she didn't she she's like finding out for the first time that elida is now armal and seed because they're gone right they're not there when they're out yeah 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 the, the information like like yeah who, who do you um right. yeah how does that get to the black aja who's communicating and that was something that that um that landrin is is figuring out is that she's not all knowing she doesn't know everything right. that's going on. Yeah. Which... Right. Do you think that if Leandrin had been at the White Tower, that Elida would be Amelancy? Or do you think Leandrin would be? I think Elida would have been because, like, I think Leandrin is, I believe, and I am not sure. I think she's younger. And I think Elida was just more in a, in a, in a greater position of power and influence because of her position next to Morgays in Camelin. But... Uh, yeah, it's interesting. There is, uh, I kind of almost need to say, read and find out about Leandrin and the Black Aja and their influence. Right. In and I mean, obviously, the tower. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I think as we just sort of view, I think at this point, we just sort of view Elida as like evil because she deposed Suan, right? But it's like, well, Leandrin is also that, you know, just different objectives, different mm -hmm, sort, mm -hmm. sort of thing. So it's just kind of interesting to think, too. It's almost like, wow, you know, if, if they, if she had been there, what would have, you know, what would have happened? Yeah.
Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Uh, they each kind of have their tasks. So, okay, something interesting too with this chapter, even though it's even though it's small, I think it's important to talk a little bit about Mo, like Mogideon and the Black Eyed and what they're doing. She, I think she binds them. She stops up their ears and their so they can't hear each other. If you remember the uh, the Dark Friend Social in the Great Hunt, each individual learned their task. They all were assigned something to do, like hunt down this person, kill this person. This person will show up, and when this happens, you do this. So Mogideon is kind of doing that with these uh, Black Aja members. She's giving them instructions and saying, here's what I want you to do. Leandrin is the one who comes in here and tries to presume uh, that she can still be in control and still almost challenge uh, Mogideon. So, yeah, and it, it just it doesn't go well. I'm going to read this, actually. I want to see. So just because, you know, this is one of the Black Aja, supposedly pretty powerful individuals, you know, um, who, yeah, can't can't challenge her. So uh, she's already begging her forgiveness. You know, I presumed I am but a worm beneath your feet. I beg you as one who would be your faithful hound for the mercy um for mercy on this wretched dog, Mogideon's eyes dropped to her cup, and in a flash, while the words were still tumbling from her mouth, Leandrin embraced the source and channeled, uh, seeing, seeking the crack that must be in the Forsaken's confidence, the crack that was in everyone's facade of strength. Even as Leandrin lashed out, the light of, of, um, of Saidar surrounded the other woman, and pain enveloped Leandrin. She crumpled to the carpet, trying to howl, but agony, uh, but she was beyond... Yeah, beyond that. Uh, anything she had ever known silenced her gaping mouth. So her eyes were going to burst from her head. Her skin was going to peel away in strips. For an eternity, she thrashed, and when, she, and when it vanished, as suddenly as it had begun, all she could do was lie there shuddering and weeping open mouth. So, like, serious pain, um, not a good idea, and I think others maybe, I don't know if they tried this or she just whipped them into shape, but... Yeah, Mogideon is not having any of it, and she's. This is, I think, the last person she needed to, to confront to make sure they're all kind of in line here. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Do you begin to see that was very good, but next time a little stronger? Uh, you're not quick enough, Leandrin. You are not strong enough. You do not know enough. That pitiful little thing you tried against me. Would you like to see? what it's really like oh and actually i'm sorry i should i should em emphasize here leandrin was trying to basically compel her in in a sense she was trying to kind of use uh some of her her old tricks if you will she said something she kind of knew and learned when she was younger uh leandrin gazed at her adoringly crawled across the floor pushed uh words through the sobs she still could not stop Forgive me, great mistress, this magnificent woman like a star in the heavens, a comet above all kings and queens in wonder. So she, once you start thinking like that, you've, you've basically been compelled, right? She all of a sudden, it's not like I'm just doing this out of fear and pain and agony. No, she actually wants to. She is just like compulsion is on her. She likens her to stars in the heavens, this great comet an individual who's above all kings and queens forgive me please she begged pressing kisses against the hem of mogadine's skirt as she babbled forgive me i am a dog a worm it shamed her to her core that she had not meant those things before they were true before this woman they were all true let me serve you great mistress allow me to serve you please please and then she she references someone named grendel 
So another one of the forsaken. I am not Grendel, meaning I'm not going to take in servants and not you know turn you into something that uh, is, uh, yeah, it's you know, I don't know. She's not going to take her in and treat her. I guess the way that uh, she's she's referencing here is I don't know best way to put it. And yeah, eventually she releases her from that, but but keeps her kind of. Now she's trained her. Now she showed her her power and showed her what she can do. And Leandrin is, yeah, going to do what Mo Gideon wants. So, yeah, it's just kind of a moment um, of power that's really impressive. You know, uh, I I just pulled up because I wanted to see just what she looked like. So I pulled up in the wiki. I don't really try to stay, go too far in the wiki because yeah. it's all, you know, danger stuff. Danger. Um, but it's super danger. You have the companion book, right? The white. I have book. the white. I have the black one. The yeah. black one. The black one is the like encyclopedia yes so there's a power scale in that book yeah uh-huh yeah they're all they're all and power it shows scale. you like who's but it i shows don't you like it's like ranks them by power yes it does yes and that's that's where the wiki gets it from the the wiki will power scale them it'll, it'll compare them based upon what was written in the text and yeah. reference books right so yeah yeah, it makes no sense because it's like plus plus one, negative two. It's like all over. It's like how the, to see how it's sort of explained is like because it's like well, this is what it used to be, and now it's been up here and stuff like that. So, and I don't um, really know it. It's pretty I crazy, did... but Mo Gideon, yeah, Mo Gideon is no no slouch. Uh, yeah, by the way, yeah. no slouch. Yeah, and remember, by Ni- the way, Nynaeve bested no her. She is bright. Yeah. So without sort of without sort of. Um, without sort of spoiling anything super anything i don't think that is pretty obvious um says that mogidian is on the scale uh there's obviously some some people she's behind but she is like of the forsaken she's in that she's like in the second highest tier of the forsaken yeah and there's yep. only there's and of the female forsaken there's only two above her yeah well, and and so what's interesting is, and don't mention those two, okay? Because I think what's cool for no, I people, think, I think, I think, I think one of them is incredibly obvious. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, you, you've yeah, yeah. People who, um, you start to realize the individuals who. Uh, here, let me give you something else though, right? So, what Robert Jordan does that is amazing. It's not just straight power on power. It's tactics. It's alliances, right. which is great, and then also the dream world. Um, access to Teleron Riyadh is really important and who, who can control it. Like you see the wise ones all the time telling Egwene, it's dangerous. We don't understand it. It's not a place we should be. Uh, we see Elaine in this batch of chapter chapters top talking to, uh, Brigitte Silverbow, right? So who's that? And how do you access some of that, that power? Like knowledge is also really important and artifacts, you could have a uh, an Angrial, Saw Angrial, uh, Terra Angrial, something that would give you, would magnify your power or give you access to something else. And that's important too. So that's what makes it yeah, so complex. Yeah, it's really complex. interesting actually. Do you, care if I, do, do you care if I read a little bit of this? This is actually, this is actually really interesting. Yeah. Just I, in sort of. I don't think I've ever seen it in, really. So yeah. So he's. Right. So, yeah. So it, uh, the wiki, the, the wiki here, this is just the scale. So not without sort of looking at anything, this doesn't really spoil anything. Um, yeah. As you said, you know, there's, there's other things to take into consideration too. It's not just like 
this isn't necessarily who would win in a fight because sure. it's sort of um right you know like rand versus Egwene in a sword fight well okay rand's gonna win you know like you know, oh yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah like yeah. some random guy versus you know a blade a blade master versus anyone who's not trained in a sword regardless of their of the how much they have in the one power if you take the one power out of it well that's uh gonna he says that he basically created this scale so that he could keep track but it's mostly for lesser characters because he says that, you know the the main ones he's are pretty obvious to him okay um yeah and he kind of goes on to talk here a little bit this is from robert jordan he goes on to talk here a little bit about like um men versus women um and it's actually like something uh, that i kind of thought about where it's 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 sort of like it seems like men have maybe a higher cap like on the, on their power uh, mm -hmm. but it's mostly because they're not necessarily as trained in it so it's more it's more likely that they would do something reckless as opposed to a woman who's trained as an Aes Sedai um, so okay. that because they're so trained in it they're, they're never really going to super overexert themselves they're going to do everything within like so it's just it's interesting it's really interesting yeah but yeah I think I found uh, it Mogid here Mogidian man I mean she's Mogidian's she's she's towards the top i mean <laughs> yeah 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 powerful powerful yeah i can almost hear master I mean, she's she's above she's above <laughs> she's above she's above quite a bit of other forsaken not even just the female ones mm -hmm. yeah and also depends on what your talent is too so that's something else uh as, as well some of them will know weaves that like it's not even just like how much of the power can you pull but what can you use it for like what type of weave are you binding people with air uh distorting earth uh are you using compulsion yeah there's a lot of different things that I, that i think go into that as well so yeah yep that's a that's a cool power we should do that as like almost like a spoiler thing and, and we can talk more about some of that i'll kind of that all of them you're it's a 21 uh it's like 21 levels or whatever but yeah they've got all the different um technically it's seven technically it's 72 because it's been changed over time actually it's more than that it's oh my 70, god three four five six seven eight it's like 78 it's like wow. 78 points because it's been changed over time it was a 21 point scale but it's since been but not but not everyone is sort of on that list but he jumps he jumps at some points so you can kind of kind of see like some people are, are in a in a position but really interesting stuff just to kind of take a look at huh. and just sort of th see like wow okay this is how powerful i've never really somebody, seen this somebody becomes i mean you know mo they're almost they're all pretty obvious to me i think uh even you know yeah yeah nothing nothing i would say that's in half these characters i don't even know who they are yet but um so interesting interesting stuff here cool and so okay. yeah i mean it just may when you think about some of these characters that we run into like a mogadine you know, because they've forsaken, they show up so sort of infrequently, right? Except for like Landfear, who shows up all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're uh, you're kind of, you're kind of like, wait, who is this person again? Like, what's their deal? What's going on? Yep, like, yep. Yeah, why no. are they important? How big of a deal are they? Well, I'm telling you, this is when I was first reading this. Like, there's such good repetition that you do learn more about the Forsaken over time. But some of them that are mentioned, like right now, Rand, when we get to his chapters, he's mentioning uh, Samael. And is this, is he being baited into an attack? And you're like, wait a second, where is Samael again? Like, like where was he at? And and who did we defeat back when we were down in Tyr and Ilion and all this kind of stuff? So, yeah, it, it is good to kind of do a Forsaken refresher and keep track of them because... That's the whole point is Robert Jordan doesn't want you to be, you know, 
he lulls you into almost like, you know, follow the dark friends. Here's pot on Fane. And then, oh, yeah, I'm going to step in one of the Forsaken that you've heard about. And here, here we go. Right. So there's 13 of them. We kill two to start. And you're uh, like, they show up and then they're dead within like one chapter. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who are those guys again? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Yeah, that's good. That was good. That was a good little okay. addition on, Mor- uh, on Mogadine. Uh, memories. Let's get into memories here. Chapter. Yeah. Chapter let's, 19. Let's get memories. So this was, this was chapter 19. Um, so maybe this wasn't the, the super long one here, but um, uh, memories. Okay. So Morgaze is in her room. Uh, guardsman Lieutenant Martin Tal- Talonivor T- yeah, Tal- tells Tal- her of a rebellion in the two. Talonivor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tells her of a rebellion in the two rivers. Someone has raised the banners of Manetherin. Of course, we know who that is. That would be Perrin. Uh, Lord Gabriel has already been informed, which he actually should not have been, and has waved it aside as a minor problem that has to be dealt with. When he has got time, uh, Morghese is enraged to hear this and goes to confront him just to find him surrounded by lords and ladies who had opposed her during the succession. She wants to talk to him about the matters in the two rivers, but he uses uh, compulsion to send her away. Morghese can think somewhat clearer. She realizes she is in the uh, Pensioners' quarters mm-hmm. and goes to Lini. The old nursemaid opens her eyes about Gabriel, and Morghese decides to reestablish her rule somewhere out of Camelot. She sends Lini to fetch Talonvor and asks him about loyalty and about people in the palace. They all swore their loyalty to the law and to the throne of Andor, but not to the queen. But Talonvor knows a man loyal to his queen. Um, uh, Morghese and Lini slip out of the palace to meet Talonvor again at the queen's blessing stable yard. There they get to uh, to know Basil Gill. Yeah, he's back. He's back. Um, (laughs) He's always back, man. Uh, Longwin Dorn and Brienne Tor- uh, Taborn, uh, who have more or less decided to follow her. Talonvor suggests riding for Core Springs to get Garth Bryn on their side. Let's go. Why was this guy ever sent away? I mean, he's the general. He's there in the beginning. He's like this protector. Uh, yeah, th- this whole bit. I know there's a pot on Fane tidbit coming up here in a second. But first, uh, let me just... I have it pulled up here, okay? So, rebellion, my queen, he said in a flat tone. And all thought of anger and and stares vanished. So, she's actually just looking at Talonvor, and he's staring at her in a way that, like, you know, I'm basically... So, he rose, face angry, eyes burning on her before they dropped again. She looked where he had been staring and blushed. So, she looked where he had been staring and blushed, her dress was cut extremely low. Uh, but, but, Sir Matt, Gabriel liked her to wear them so. So with that thought, she ceased fretting about being nearly naked in front of one of her officers. Just reading the text. Just reading what's in front of us. Just here. read it. So, uh, you know, be brief. How dare you? Then she has this thought. How dare he look at me in that manner? I should have, I should have him flogged. Uh, her face is darkening and then it's the rebellion that kind of pulls her out like oh wait a second this guy's here telling me something super serious and he's actually a little bit pissed that she's not taking him serious and that she's let so much go by and you start to gather that more gaze has not really been on her a game here and something's going on and she's missing things 
Uh, the two rivers, my queen, someone has raised the old banner of Manethrin, the Red Eagle. A messenger came from from Whitebridge this morning. So she decides, okay, um, you know, has Lord Gabriel been informed? Uh, of, of, of course he had not. He would have come to her with the news. That's what she thinks. Like, he would have came here and, and told this instead of Talonvor coming. But uh, he has, my queen. Uh, he laughed. He said the two rivers seemed to throw up trouble, and he would have to do something about it one day. He said this minor annoyance would have to wait its turn behind more important matters. As she goes in to kind of confront Gabriel, she realizes that all of her old kind of, um, not enemies, but opponents to her succession of the of the throne are there with him. Like, people who were her supporters are not there anymore. So... Yeah, she asked the question like she thinks this. What would what could Lord Gabriel be thinking to actually bring them there? Like like to bring them here. Uh so so she has that thought. Now she says, uh, let's see, right in front of everyone else, I want to speak with you concerning the two rivers, Gabriel, in private. It has been dealt with, my dear, he said idly, dabbling his fingers in the water. Other matters concern me now. I thought you were going to read during the heat of the day. You should return to your room until the evening's coolness, uh, it, uh, until the evening's coolness, such as it is. My dear, he had called her my dear in front of these interlopers, as much as she thrilled to hear that on his lips when they were alone. Um, Alinya was hiding her mouth. I think not. Lord Gabriel, Morgay said coldly, you will come with me now, and these others will be out of the palace before I return, or I will exile them from Camelin completely. Now at that, suddenly he was on his feet, a big man towering over her. She seemed unable to look at anything but his dark eyes. Her skin tingled as if an icy wind was blowing through the courtyard. You will go and wait for me, Morgays. His voice was a distant roar, filling her ears. I have dealt with all that needs dealing with. I will come to you this evening. You will go now. You will go. She had one hand lifted to open the door of her sitting room before she realized where she was. What had happened? Had he told her to go? Had she gone? Staring at the door in horror, she could see the smirks on the men's faces, open laughter on some of the women's. What has happened to me? How could I become so besotted with any man? She still felt the urge to enter and wait for him. Dazed, right? She forces herself to turn and like kind of like think about this and, and walk away and go in a different effort or go in a different direction. So it takes like extreme effort for her to get away and do her own thing. So I wanted to read that because it's pretty clear what is happening we just had an example of it in the previous chapter so yeah that's just something to kind of consider that she's she is losing track of time sir matt as she walks through camelin and as she is being ordered around talonvor knows it uh her, her loyal subjects are being sent away what the heck's going on here so yeah yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> okay um so put on Fane's part, right, Ez? So that's yeah. where we go next. So put on Fane sneaks about the dark corridors of the White Tower. He unlocks a warded door into an old storeroom where the dagger from Shadar Logoth is kept. The urge, um, the urge to be complete pulls him towards it. 
An accepted on duty enters the room and immediately gets a slice across her cheek by Fane. He puts his head out the door to see if the corridors are still empty. He sees the accepted dying painfully. Um, Alvarin slips in and binds Fane with air, but after some small talk, she lets him go, unsure of his position among the dark friends. Then he heads for his followers that are waiting outside Tarvalon. So, Padan Fane now has the dagger back in his possession. Yes. And it straight up kills this girl. I and just a cut on the cheek. Terrible stuff. You, like the way it kills her um, is pretty bad. Let me see if there's a description of that, but. It's not good. Um, it is. It is not good at all. And all, all, all Viren is like, comes in there and is able to, to you know, bind him, and speak with him. Let's see. Yeah, the young woman lay thrashing on the floor, trying and failing to scream. Her hands clawed at a face already black and bloated beyond recognition. The dark swelling oozing down onto her shoulders like thick oil. Uh, her snow. Her snowy skirts, banded in colors at the hem, flailed as her feet scrabbled uselessly this is gonna be dark the show is gonna be dark all right there's gonna it be is. some you know uh he licked at the splash of blood on her hand and giggled as he picked up the sheath you are a fool he spun dagger reaching but the air around him seemed to turn solid encasing him from neck to sole uh t- to the sole of his boots he hung there on the balls of his feet boom we have all the air in here uh, who's basically bound him with air. Do you really think, the I said I went on, that there would be no guard on the door, no watch kept? A ward was set on that lock. That young fool's task tonight was to monitor it. She had done as she was supposed to. You would, or had she have done as she was supposed to, you would have found a dozen warders and as many I said I outside this door now. She is paying the price for her stupidity. So, here we go. Uh... Here we go. I wanted to make sure some of these t- sometimes I forget like the summary doesn't give you everything. So sometimes I forget like when they reveal certain things, you know, uh, the thrashing behind him still his eyes narrowed. Alvieran was not yellow, Aja, but even so she could have she could have made an attempt to heal the young woman and she had not raised the alarm. The accepted should have either or she would not now be here alone. You are black Aja. He whispered Um, a dangerous accusation. She said calmly, it was not clear to which of them uh, it was dangerous for. Swan Sanche uh, tried to claim the black Aja was real when she was under the question. She begged to tell us. um, She begged us us to tell or she begged to tell us of them. Elida would not hear it and will not. Tales of the Black Aja are a vile slander against the tower. And then he says in a louder voice, you are Black Aja. And uh, she replies with, you want to steal that? And then they go, they talk about the the, the dagger a bit. Uh, he says, I could dispose of Elida for you. One touch of this and even healing will not save her. You could be the first in the tower, not second. She laughed at him. Do you think I would not be first if I had wished it? Second suits me. Let Elida claim credit for what she calls success and sweat for her failures too. I know where the power lies. Now answer my two, answer my questions. Uh, or two corpses will be found here in the morning instead of one. And yeah, I mean, so she just puts him to the question. They talk about Shell Ghoul, uh, Thakandar, and, and so on. Um, 
really she's trying to get to the bottom of, of who he is a bit. Who are you? Why are you here? Did one of the four, the chosen, send you? Why was I not informed? He threw back his head and laughed. Are the tasks given to the likes of me for the likes of you to be knowing? And his accent keeps changing, right? Isn't that weird about Pot on Fane? His accent keeps, you know, shifting mm-hmm. in and out. Do the chosen confide it's everything always, in you? Everything's then? always changed about it too. Like, yeah. We, 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 Just we, like remember earlier when he was, it's like or D more, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Between yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. He. Um, yeah, he's definitely. He's just, you know, he's hard to figure out. Uh, and I think that's a good thing right now. And we'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, so... Anyways, he says, be careful, pretty little Aes Sedai, or they'll be giving you to a merge roll for its sport. So she's just trying to she's trying to get ahead of herself here, no more than maybe she should be allowed to. Uh, her glare was icicle stabbing his eyes. We shall see, Master Fane. I will clear away this mess you have made, and then we shall see which of us stands higher with the Chosen. Eyeing the dagger, she backed from the room, air around him. It didn't soften until she had completely gone. Uh, let's see. Sheathing the dagger, he nicked himself and licked the wound. So he nicked himself with the dagger. Mind you, he said one nick of that dagger, you know, couldn't he, you couldn't be healed from it. He had been a dark friend once, but he was beyond that now. Beyond it, above it, something different, something more. If she managed to communicate with one of the Forsaken before he could dispose of her, better not to try. No time uh, to find the Horn of Valir now. There were followers awaiting him outside the city. They should still be waiting. He had put fear into them. He hoped some of the humans were still alive. Uh, and, th- and there we go. So, and oh, he says Al Thor was out there somewhere. He was whole again. So, Pot on Feigned, I just think, there's some important things to like emphasize here that Alviaren is not who we thought. So you asked earlier, like, yeah, like what if Leandrin was there? Would she have been uh, raised? She might have done what Alviaren does here, which is to, to come in second and say, yeah, let's let Elida do her thing. Uh, she's more likely. I'll wait. I'll bide my time. Right. Right. Exactly. Being second to power is, is also, you know, you're right there. Nick, you can influence that person. Uh, that kind of thing, but got to keep her eye on all of Aaron. So, yeah. Okay, let's go to the next chapter. Chapter 20, the Jangai Pass. Again, so now we get back to some a handful of short chapters here. Right. Um, Ran leads his group to the Jangai Pass toward the town of Tain, uh, ignoring Moraine, who tries to lecture him. As they approach Tain, they can see that the, the dead bodies are hanging outside the walls. Three survivors walk up to Rand and tell him that this was the work of the Shido who passed through six days ago. Remember, Rand is sort of tracking down the Shido clan. Um, they also have a message from Kuladin saying that he will do worse to Rand than the people on the walls. After hearing that there are more than 100 survivors, Rand tells the Aiel to see uh, that they are fed and well-treated. He wants to take them along to the other side of the spine of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really, this one you get just some background on why Kuladin and the Shido are so. Uh, gosh, what's the word? I mean, they're they're bad. They're bad. I mean, along like what they do to the Kyrianin and what they do to this region, it's not good. And Rand is really not happy about it, and didn't even really realize that there was this village here. Um, Rand is talking, and I'll read this part because it is kind of interesting. They call them 
they call the Kyrianen tree killers because of King Layman and him, him, you know, cutting down the Avendisora sapling. So uh, Rand drew a deep breath. He had known this might be a large problem uh, as Kuladin, or he, he had known this might be as large a problem as Kuladin in its own way. Nearly 500 years ago, the Aiel had presented Kyrian with a sapling, a cutting from Avendisora, and with it a right granted to no other nation to trade across the threefold land to Shara. So you always mention Shara on that map, like way over there on the yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, the Kyrian... And we've heard about it a couple times now. Exactly, yes. And so so now we're here, and that's, that's, that's the thing, right? You've, you, we've heard about it kind of since the beginning, like the far you know east, the far lands of Shara. Uh, and the Kyrianen were allowed to trade there because they had this kind of alliance. They had given, uh, yeah, so they had given no reason. They did not like wetlanders very much at the best, but to the Aiel, it had been required by Giato. During the long years of journey that had brought them to the waste, only one people had not attacked them. Only one had allowed them water uncontested when the world, when the world grew parched. And finally, they had found the descendants of those people, the Kyrianen. So it was the Kyrianen, as you remember, you go back through uh, and, and you see the history of the Aiel people, you realize, okay, they were once more like the Tinkers, that the way of the leaf was important to them, and they abandoned that and so on. And it's, you know, but it was the Kyrianen who allowed, who gave them shelter and help them along so they give them the avendisora sapling well their king cuts it down makes a throne they go to this is where the io war comes in and they go and they fight a whole war and the war was simply to get to the king to kill him the like the 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 tree killer i don't think they really it was more like an assassination but he was a king and he had an army that was going to protect him you know so now there's a war but yeah so that's really what this is about. Some of the context to, to that uh, and why Kuladin is, is acting the way he's acting with these people. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause he's a coward. <laughs> um, and he's going to, he's going <laughs> to, and he's going to, he's going to get, he's going to get wrecked. Yeah. Um, okay. Chapter 21, the gift of a blade. So uh, the camp quickly arises around Rand, um, Moraine and, Moraine and Land are seeing to the wagons of Kadir. The Aiel are cutting down the corpses left by the Shido, and the Gaishain are erecting the Wise Ones' tents. Avienda and Egwene are riding double on mist. They arrive, uh, they approach Rand and tell him what happened in Tyene. Uh, they tell him it's not his fault. Rand agrees. He didn't even know there was a town here until Ruark mentioned it a couple days ago. Rand catches part of a conversation between them. Uh, about him and he thinks that they are definitely spending too much time together uh, dismounting rand searches for osmodian he tells the forsaken he is too tired for a discussion today rand tells him to go to his tent and expects to see him in the morning osmodian asks if rand suddenly trusts him when they when he uh, fails to ward osmodian's tent rand says he trusts the man until he betrays him and that rand will bury him the moment he does mm-hmm. yep he also says that it is Rand Althor speaking. Uh, he immediately regrets that last comment. Uh, no need to hint at the voice in his head in front of the Forsaken. Probably good idea on that one, Rand. Yep. His tent is being put up by a number of Gaishane under Avienda's direction. In the meantime, Rand sets uh, a ward around the camp that will warn them if any shadow spawn enter. 
The Aiel will have to watch for human enemies. Avienda shows him a dangerous blood snake she killed with her belt knife. Rand tells her she shouldn't do dangerous things like that and should kill it with the power. Avienda replies that using the power too often is just dangerous. When they settle in the tent, Avienda offers him a sword, carefully wrapped in a blanket, so she does not have to touch it. She hopes it will cancel the debt she owes him. Initially, Rand wants to refuse the gift and says there is no debt. The sword is gaudy at best anyway, until he notices the heron marks on the blade. It turns out the sword belonged to Lamont, the tree killer, and the blade was made with the power. The sheath and hilt he doesn't accept, but he tells her the blade will cancel the debt. He will have another sheath, sheath and hilt made. Over dinner, which turns out to be stew containing the blood snake, they discuss uh, Bail uh, and Malane's marriage. Rand is still unclear on Aiel customs concerning sister wives and marriage in general. When they get ready for bed, Rand asks uh, what it means if a maiden teaches a man to sing. Avienda is amused by this question and guest Rand is thinking of Matt. She tells him that sometimes a man will allow himself to be taken, uh, allow himself to take Gaishane to be with a maiden. The first thing these men, uh, fools, according to Avienda, are taught is to sing. Aiel are strange people and the maidens are the strangest of all. Rand sets a ward on his dreams and goes to sleep. He dreams of Min, Elaine, and Avienda at, and an Aiel wedding. Yeah, I would just, just jump right to that. I mean, he, I mean, here it is. So uh, he's hearing Avienda s- slow breathing in that tent. Uh, it's loud in his ears until he fell asleep. And then he dreamed a confused dream of men in the lane helping him throw Avienda wearing nothing but that necklace over his shoulder while she beat him over the head uh, with these blossoms, which are basically Aiel kind of custom blossoms. Uh, yeah, so he's having a real kind of crazy dream there with, with all three of those girls. Um, the sword, I think, is kind of cool. Like like King's, King Layman's sword. Uh, like, Avi, Avienda brings it to... Remember, they won't touch a sword. They're very anti that Rand... It, Rand is leading them and does practice the sword and practices the forms with Lan. Uh, so... Yeah, she, like, when Avienda brings that sword in, she won't, it's, it's wrapped. It's wrapped up in a blanket. And yes, it's been kind of passed down. It was proof that Layman was dead. It was his very own sword. And he basically says, hopefully he can kind of, he didn't want all the, the glamorous kind of gems and rubies and all that kind of stuff, but it's power rot. It's a power rot sword like his old one, uh, like Tam's sword and like Matt's um, Ashandara. So, yeah. This is kind of a short chapter on, on that and uh, customs. I owe customs, which I just I still don't understand all their customs. So. I mean, how many times have you read the series? And, and you know, I the IEL have never. I don't know, man. I'm just not as I'm not. I don't know. They're confusing to me. <laughs> They're going to be simplified for the show, which will be good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Chapter 22. Bird calls by night. Um, so it's a two parter here. So we start off with Matt. Um, uh, Melindra is uh, massaging Max, Matt's back. She seems to think he is short, even though he would be uh, of more than average height in most countries. Uh, Melindara uh, uh, seems to think he is destined for great glory and wants um, to know why he puts himself in the shadow of Rand. Matt doesn't listen to her. Again, Matt wants to know if Daughter of the Nine Moons means something to her. Of course, it doesn't. 
um, just as she asks who or what she is. Matt hears the call of a Two Rivers bird, a warning from the ward Ranset. Struggling into some of his clothes, he grabs his staff and stumbles outside. Trollocs are already in the camp, but, I, but I, by no means enough to overrun the defenses. Matt slays several Trollocs. He sees humans among the attackers, too, shouting Samael and the Golden Bees. Matt has to pay attention to a fade. Uh, the Aiel will have to deal with the humans, crying out an old Manetheran war cry as he attacks and kills the fade. When the fade is dying, he sees the battle is over. A pointless attack. Um, Melindra says he dances well. He's as tall as any man needs to be, in her opinion. Yeah. Yeah, so this is fun. Yeah, Matt kills a fade. No big deal. No big deal. Kills a fade. No big deal. No slouch. This guy. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty big deal, actually. I, I remember when we were reading, reading, uh, reading through this. I was kind of like, uh, did you, did we catch that? Like, that's, good. that's a big deal. So Melindra, though, is... Uh, she's... I mean, all the Aiel are tall. And she talks about Matt's height and her being... He's tall. He's tall himself, but but she's taller. Um yeah, she kind of says, like, you shouldn't be in Rand's shadow. Like, maybe you're a man who deserves more honor. Are you kind of cool with being in his shadow? I mean, yes, he's the Karakarn, but maybe you're meant for more more things and, and you know, greater things. Uh, yeah, he's almost kind of convinced that she's, for a hot second, daughter of the Nine Moons. And she's told him multiple times, no, I'm not the daughter of the Nine Moons. And he's like, if you're lying to me, I swear I will welt your rump. And then hands on her on on hips, she looked down at him dangerously. Do you think you can welt my rump, Matt Cawthon? I'll give it my best try. Uh, she would probably put a spear through his ribs. Do you swear you've never heard of the daughter of the nine moons? I never had. She said slowly. Who is she or what? Lie down and let me. And then boom, you get the red wing kind of bird call uh, that that comes in. So, anyways, just kind of funny, you know. There's the, just everything with Matt is a little bit like you know, teasing with this girl back and forth. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that he kills the fate. Yeah. No big deal. Class, vintage, vintage Matt. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> People love Matt. I, I, I do too. Just cause he's, he's funny. He feels real. Sometimes I feel like, you know, he, he has some rude humor that, uh, is, it's playful and people, you know, uh, sometimes it does get a little, Robert Jordan does get a little carried away in this series with some of that, but, it's, mm -hmm. you know, and I just say, take it, take it lighthearted. Oh, the big thing too, was during this attack, uh, Samael is, is cried out, right? So his name is, is cried out. Like these people are, it's basically, uh, I think they're trying to hint that this is his attack. You know what I mean? And Rand is, right. and I think it's in the next chapter is thinking, Hey, I'm not so sure that I wasn't like, this might not actually be Samael. It might be someone else, or maybe it's a, you, you know, a double, yeah, Switcherewski here. They're they're trying to fake him out or something. So, all right, let's uh, move to the next part here, which is uh, Rand's point of view. So the bird call wakes Rand immediately. He sees a sidine and runs outside. He sees people running towards the battle at the edge of camp. Then he spots Avienda and a Drakar. Carefully, he uses Balefire to destroy. You know, yeah. Didn't Moraine just say, "Hey"? <laughs> Balefire guys. You can't use you can't just use Balefire, man. <laughs> I I know. Uh yeah, and they don't care. I mean, Rand just does what he wants. He's a dragon. You know? 
if he doesn't use much of it, it's okay. All right. He just uses a little tiny prick and boom. Okay. Gone. Well, what if he'd hit Avienda? I mean, come on, man. Jeez. Oh, Don't even think you about know? it. Gosh. <laughs> anyway, Avienda turns around uh, and a stream of fire shoots towards Rand. He just has time to throw himself out of the way. Angry, he demands to know what that was about. Avienda tells him that the next time he can deal with the matter himself. Uh, Rand turns around and sees the remains of another Drakkar burning. He tries to apologize, but to no avail. The Wise Ones and Egwene come running to his tent. They feel the channeling drew them. Egwene immediately sees Rand and uh, immediately sees Rand has upset Avienda again and doesn't hide her disapproval. The Wise Ones see they are not needed here and turn around. Lan and Moraine check on him as well. Moraine warns him uh, not to think the obvious reason for the attack is the right one. Uh, then they both retire as well. Rand goes to check on Osmodian, who wisely stayed out of the fighting. He agrees with Moraine that it might not have been Samael. Rand replies he's been baited like this before by Samael before realizing that he is talking about the Age of Legends. He did give himself away this time. They discuss it a while a little longer without reaching a conclusion. When Rand returns to his tent, the maidens who should have guarded him are ashamed by the incident and offer him their spears. Rand is just glad they didn't get hurt and adds that if they want to meet their toe, uh, they should talk to the wise ones. They can, do, uh, they can no doubt come up with a better solution than he can. When, uh, with that, he ducks inside his tent and goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a weird yeah, Rand slipping Rand Rand slipping a little bit here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's he's, he's under attack. So something that happens and I guess I'll that's a kind of a cool cool part to this is let's see. Uh Yeah, so it's it's some so it's not like Samael to throw men away, Osmodian said. So they have this discussion he and Osmodian are talking about the tactics of Samael. Uh, but he'll see 10,000 dead or 10 times that if it gains him what he thinks is worth the cost. Maybe one of the others wants you to think it was him. So maybe one of the others, meaning the chosen, maybe one of the forsaken. Did I just say the chosen of my, of my own free will? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> the dark friends up in here. Uh, even if the IL took prisoners, Trollocs do not think much of, uh, you know, they don't think much uh, besides just killing. And dark friends believe what they're told it was him he tried to bait me into attacking him once in the same way uh oh light the thought drifted across the surface of the board i i said me so he says it was him he tried to bait me into attacking him once in the same way at sarah uh sarandara sarandahar which is i believe mm-hmm. uh he did not know where where i'm probably saying it wrong uh sarandahar had been or anything, but he had said the words. The words had just come out. After a long silence, Osmodian said quietly, I never knew that. What I want to know is why. So the slip up there is he's referencing when he fought Samael uh, back during the Age of Legends. That's the kind of slip up. Osmodian's like, oh, who am I talking to? Am I talking to Rand or am I talking to, you know, I'm talking to Luce, Luce Theron. Luce Theron. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty big slip up. And then he he starts to he's choosing now his words carefully. But he remembered Samael's face, a man, not mine, not my memory, a compact man with a short, 
yellow beard. Osmodian had described all of the Forsaken, but he knew this image was not made from that description. Semael had always wanted to be taller and, and resented it that the power could not make him so. Osmodian had never told him that. So he has a thought about, uh, about Samael wanting to be taller and resenting that the power can't make him so, but he, where did he learn that from? Not Osmodian. Osmodian didn't tell him that. So he's definitely having these thoughts where it's like, okay, someone else is in my head telling me things that I didn't know. Didn't know. Shouldn't know. So, yeah. Just a tidbit there. Yeah. Well, you know, Rand, at the end of the day, still just going to do what he wants. So, I mean, he uses Balefire in this. In this, That's true. That's true. Yep. Yep. All right. But, you know, eventually we'll get to everybody hating Rand for some reason. So, you know. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't. I never did. Never will. Never did. Okay. All right. Uh, chapter 23, the fifth I give you. After four days of travel through the Jangai Pass, the Aiel clans following Rand reach Kyrian. The dry land is still a moist paradise for the Aiel, many of whom stop to gape at the streams crossing the land. Moraine is busy fuzzing over Kadir and his wagons. Egwene still doesn't understand what is so important about them, but Moraine won't tell her. She can make out a couple of maidens carrying dolls among the group guarding Rand. She tries to find out what that means, but beyond a reminder, the maidens are not are not children nobody wants to tell her every time she thinks she understands Aiel ways something shows up to show she doesn't Kuladin left a grim reminder of his passage through the, the past behind he raised the town of uh salan uh to the ground impaling many of the inhabitants they found no survivors rand is surrounded by a group of clan chiefs and wise ones he makes it clear that he means to save kyrian not ruin it the Aeol can take the customary fifth, as long as it is not food, but no more than that. Rand will have anybody who uh, takes more hanged. The clan chiefs don't understand why he takes pity on the tree killers, but it looks like they will obey. Egwene approves of the order if only Rand wasn't so arrogant about it. Egwene offers Avienda to ride with her for a bit, but she wants to walk. She wants to, she wants to talk. Uh, Avienda refuses to ride, though Egwene dismounts. Avienda is still very upset with Rand. She is finally at the point where she asks Egwene to talk to the wise ones about not having to share his tent anymore. Uh, Sorelia, uh, the most strong-willed wise one uh, Egwene has met so far, overhears them. She sends the other wise ones off so she can have a talk with Egwene and Avienda. She makes it very clear that Avienda will obey the wise ones. Nobody will talk Avienda out of doing her duty. She is disappointed to hear Rand didn't take an interest in Avienda after all. She tells Avienda she knows a more suitable husband for her, though. Avienda makes uh, meekly promises to look at him. Uh, then uh, Soraya, uh turns to Egwene and asks if Rand will hang even a clan chief if they break the rules. Egwene isn't sure, but he, she thinks he might. She adds he can be... Um, he can be made to see reason. Uh, Sorella says she thinks he needs to be hard with them if he wants to lead them. She approves of the way he handled it. With that, she leaves. After the wise one is out of earshot, Egwene offers to talk to the wise ones anyway. But Avienda says Giato requires she obeys. She says Egwene doesn't understand and she can't explain. Avienda will not touch the subject anymore. Yeah. Avienda... Avienda's just tired of Rand. She just she's yeah. she's been you know they've been trying to force this thing upon her 
and now she might need to go see somebody else i think maybe to marry but you know this goes back to what we were saying here is like well, it seems like the uh the wise ones are kind of being like hey avian why don't you go sleep in Rand's tent you know let's just uh let's yeah see. it's pretty straightforward <laughs> I, mean, I mean it's it's yeah it it's, was pretty straightforward now it's even more you know right right um so yeah th here's the thing it's remember who does Rand belong to he belongs to Elaine, according to Avienda. Does he, though? That's what Avienda yes, says. Avienda. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's the crazy thing. I think he's just the Men got the there first. Wow, here we go. Let the let the debates, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. More rain got there first, if we're being honest. Right? Whoa. <laughs> well, technically, technically, he was probably... Technically, he and Egwene were supposed to be a thing. They were promised. What's going on here? Yeah. So, anyway, my whole point... Is that point, an arranged marriage? Yeah. Oh, well, kind of. Um... But yeah, I mean, so the thing is, Avienda is just distraught. She tried to cancel her debt, uh, whatever that debt was, right, between uh, she and Rand, just basically the way he's been treating her. He's kind of uh, doesn't even realize what he's done and how he's almost essentially courted her or even like, uh, I don't know. She, she wants to, and I still don't even, someone can actually probably help me with that, which is like, what is the, you know, like the debt between them necessarily? You know, I know it's sort of these gestures and things that Rand has kind of missteps he's made with in regards to her culture and, and their um, beliefs. And then she's also, also not been able to accomplish. She's she's in a pickle here. She's not able to accomplish what the wise ones want her to because, well, Elaine is who's promised to him and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's just a messy situation, really. And she's dealing with it the best way that she can. Um, I th one. To me, what was cool is the reference to Moraine and Kadir's wagons and her fussing over that. And what is Moraine used to be the focus, and Moraine has drifted to the back seat here. You know, Rand doesn't listen. She's acting differently. Uh, Gwen get, can't get in information from Moraine on the, on the wagons. What's why they're so important with all of the stuff, you know, from uh, the 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 city. I mean. All the Tirangriol, you know. So, yeah. That's pretty much it for that chapter. Okay. Well, let's move. Uh, almost uh, two left here. Uh, so let's get to chapter 24, A Message Sent. Egwene is glad when her tent is set up that evening so she can retire. She spends some time reading a book she borrowed from Abienda. It's a collection of heroic and romantic tales. Now that she feels, uh, not that she feels like reading much tonight, but she is going to meet Nynaeve in the world of dreams and isn't, uh, it isn't night yet in Amadisia. Reading can't keep her awake though. She falls asleep with the book under her cheek. With a, uh, with a start, Egwene realizes she is in the stone of tears. She suspects she is fast asleep in the real world, so she doesn't want to step out of the dream. She might not be able to return. To her surprise, she sees Elaine in the stone. She is talking to a woman who looks like Birgit Silverbell. Before she can decide if it is her imagination, uh, Bear and Amish show up. They want to know if she has decided to come early. Gwen explains about falling asleep. Luckily for her, the Wise Ones believe her. The Wise Ones, however, are, dis are displeased to see Elaine in the world of dreams already. She is little more than an untrained child to them. Uh, Elaine points out that she is not their pupil, but is grateful for their concern nonetheless. I mean, look at Elaine, already playing it, you know, pretty... Okay, yeah, here I can the the politics of it. Right. Yep. Yep. Navigate right. it. 
uh, yeah, Egwene uh, wants to know why Elaine is here instead of Nynaeve. Elaine explains to Nynaeve that how Nynaeve got into a fight with one of the other members of the uh, menagerie um, and is now uh, nursing a sore head. Egwene uh, is not amused and tells Elaine to tell Nynaeve to hold her temper. Like, that will work. Uh, she also gives a hint that she wants to talk to Elaine alone later. Did the daughter heir understand? They quickly exchange news. Elaine isn't ready to leave um, the menagerie yet. Nynaeve still doesn't know where the um, blues are gathering, and they are learning a lot about the Shan Chan um, from Carindon. The wise ones don't understand their interest in the Shan Chan. They fled after Rand defeated them at Falma. Elaine says that doesn't mean they won't come back. Egwene tells her they have moved into Kyrian with the, uh, with the Shido still several days ahead, heading to the capital. They have been spotted by the Kyrian, but that was unavoidable. When the exchange is complete, Egwene watches the wise ones leave the world of dreams to get some real sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the big takeaway for me in this is that they, Egwene's fear of the Shanchen comes back and her capture and her captivity really and her being leashed and forced to do whatever the Shanchen want her to do, like to use the power in a destructive way and as a weapon. And so she's asking, you know, basically they're with the menagerie and they come across a, a Shanchen and they, you know, Elaine says, yeah, we put the Suldam on her and we're good. She's not Damani. Uh, or the, the yeah, she, you put the Adam on a, what would be maybe a Suldam and just to check to see if they actually to see if they are. So a Suldam is what actually wears the Adam that's on a Damani, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Uh, that's really the big the big takeaway there. And then they there was this look between the two of them like, I'm not really going to go back. Like Maybe we should check on this more and meet up a little bit later, possibly. She's still kind of sneaking around behind the wise one's backs here a bit. I mean, who are the wise ones to say that Elaine shouldn't be in there? I mean, they don't, you know, it seems like they know more about it. They, I mean, it's a dangerous place. Than the Aes Sedai? Well, huh? she's not technically an Aes Sedai, so she's, at, you know, Elaine is, is even though she's faking it right now. Uh, also, that's the other thing, right? I mean, they're all brand new. I mean, they act like like Egwene is is right now pretending to be a full eyes to die with with the wise ones and she's right. you know yeah being told no you don't know diddly squat about this so yeah it's dangerous man yeah everybody just everybody just thinks they know everybody just thinks they know it better than everybody else i mean she's a also the daughter heir actually actually matt what you just said right there and people who are veteran readers of the wheel of time series everyone <laughs> thinks <laughs> yeah. that they know what to do better than everyone else. That is literally what this whole series is about. Like, no, I know. No, I it know. Is. It totally is. Yeah. No, this pe these people no, I, know. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, for it's me, great. It's that's great. pretty much it for that. And then I think the next one is actually them be go. It's the second part. It's a, a Gwaine following up and going into the dream of Galad. 
Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so dreams of Galad here. So Egwene floats in the darkness for a moment when she is sure the wise ones took their own advice and went to sleep. She forms an image of her novice room in the White Tower. Cautiously, she looks into the corridor and sees the door of Elaine's room opening. She did get the message. Egwene wants to know about Burget or Burgetta. Uh, or Brigitte. Yeah, which, uh, whatever you, you want. You <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but Elaine refuses to tell her anything. She has made a promise not to. She asks Egwene to trust her on this. Reluctantly, Egwene agrees. For now, Elaine wants to know how Rand is. Egwene tells her that he is unhurt, but he is getting a bigger head every day. Elaine says she sees why they're threatened, why they why he threatened the clan chiefs the way he did. He must be able to dispense justice without favors. But she agrees he needs to remember he is only a man too. Gwaine asks if the fight uh, Nynaeve got into won't cause any problems. Elaine tells her Nynaeve apologized for it um, and once again stresses the message she gave Elaine earlier. Elaine notes Egwene has changed. She says Egwene will become Omerlin's seat one day. Uh, with that, she leaves. Egwene isn't ready to go yet. Uh, she goes to Elida's study to see if she can find out how things are in the tower. Most of the reports speak of failure. Bashir's army is still missing. There are no reports from Tanchico. Uh, Nal is calling the White Cloaks to Amador, but no one knows why. Rand's location is unknown. The agent who left Elaine and Aniv escape is to be punished. It seems Elida is making plans to build a uh, a palace as well. When Egwene moves into Keeper's study, she runs into uh, Galad. He looks more beautiful than any man has the right to. He asks her to go with him for a walk, but Leanne uh, interrupts them. Angry at herself for almost letting herself get caught in her own dream, Egwene jumps to the two rivers. She runs into Galad again. They are married this time, and he carries their son. From the corner of her eyes, she sees the red eagle and the red wolf head banners. No, this isn't right. Uh, screaming, Egwene flees Teleron Riyadh. Um, and then we can kind of shift here, just go to the final part of it. Mogadine watches the girl flee. She has the remarkable strength in the world of dreams. It would have been nice to trap her here. Sharing the place with Lanfear is bad enough, but she doesn't really, uh, but she doesn't really interest interest Mogadine. Nynaeve, Elaine, and Burgett do. Those uh, she is after uh, those she is after for ruining her plans. She will find them and punish them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to just bring up, I guess, in this part, uh, so Egwene kind of, she's doing her normal thing, right? Which is just, she goes back into the dream world and she, or she stays there and tries to go to the Omerlin study to get, look at the notes, to see what's there, to figure out there's something that she can kind of learn about what's going on. And as she's walking in, the way it's written is, uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. So she... Uh, da, 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 da. So hurrying out of the anti-chamber, uh, the, the anti she was about to reach for the neat pile of scrolls and parchment with some seals on the keeper's writing table when the room seemed to flicker. Flicker, flicker, flicker. You know, like that's something we see whenever Robert Jordan wants to show us something where either the power is being used or something suspicious is happening or you're caught in a trap like this happened, I think. When Rand enters that room, <laughs> bless you, um, when Rand is, enters that Thank room you. with the Murdral, uh, there's like flickering and there's like time seems to stop and things happen. So just the word flicker is something he uses to indicate something's going on. And it's a dream caught up in her own dream here. 
And she does say, yeah, Galad is just beautiful to her. She says here, like her face heated. She certainly did not love him or even like him very much. He was beautiful. And in those dreams, he had been much more what she could have wished. It was his brother, Gawain, that she dreamed of more often. But that was just silly. Whatever Elaine said, he had never had or he had never made any feelings known to her. So she's thinking and dreaming more about Gawain than she is Galad. But Galad happens to be the more beautiful, prettier uh, of, of the two. So, yeah. And as you said, mm-hmm. um, yes, so she is uh, Mogidian, or you said Mogadine, by the way. You can say it either way. I've heard people say it both ways all the time. The actual reader is the... I think uh, I go back and forth. I go back and forth, too. And that's why sometimes when I'm pausing, I'm actually just like, oh, wait. Is which I think I it say? is Mogadine though. I think I think Mogadine is what they say now that I now that I, now that I'm really thinking about. It, I think it, I think it's Mogadine. Yeah, but the people say Mogadian as well too. So like, I've heard it both. Do they? Ways. Yeah, okay. I, the the readers of the audiobook they read it both ways. I've heard both readers read it both ways, and I'm like, what? Oh, okay. The heck. So, anyway, but yeah, that's pretty much it for that. I mean, that's 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 where we are. And I think at the top of the show, I accidentally said chapters 26 and 27, but we're definitely saving. Something like that for extended edition, I think, anyways. What do you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think actually it was just a 25. Oh, uh, was it? Okay. Chapters 17 through 25, yeah. All right, good. Sweet. All right, good, good, good. Yeah, so um, anyway, I mean, what, what's your overall thought? Like, where your impression, I guess, of these this batch, you know, of, of chapters? This block, I know, because I, I, pick, I picked the chapters. as I picked them based upon time at this time as yeah. opposed to picking them basically on story because I – was like well this seems like it'll make sense yeah it's fine um yeah you know uh i mean my biggest takeaway i guess you know you look you look at these bat these batch of chapters um i guess the three sort of themes you can sort of run with is one things at the tower are messed up mm-hmm. and i don't i mean i mean like messed up as in like it they have no idea like elida has no idea what's what they're doing like it just i mean put on feigns killing people uh they seem to have no control um i mean even even from their own standpoint i mean they can't find suwan i mean it's it's she seems she's doing a pretty bad job it's time for a recall uh oh wow you know get her out of there wow i mean she's not even doing a good job by by like a villain standpoint i mean (laughs) i mean it's like yeah it's like what is even in that first meeting she had you know people were just like talking all over until until she decided i need to i need to step up and say something um, so you have that going on. Uh, then the other one is, man, Rand is going to wreck Kooladine when he fi- when he finally gets his hands yes, on Yes, he him. is. I mean, he's yeah. going to wreck that dude. Right. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he's not happy. Uh, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what Kooladine's plan is other than he must just think he is. Cool. He, he thinks must he's cool. just think he's better than Rand. He does. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I can think is maybe he can try to t- try to turn people against Rand yeah right and say like look it was rand that was the, that was the one that did all the that destroyed all these villages and stuff like that it was he who comes with the dawn because he's like proclaiming it himself that's like the only thing i mean other than that i have no idea what his strategy is because mm-hmm. there's there's just like there's there's nothing he has uh that leads me to believe that right now that he could beat rand he has a smaller army he's just marching his i don't know i, don't, I have no idea what his plan is yeah, um, but it seems idiotic at best uh, to say <laughs> to, to 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 sort of to sort of say the least. 
Um, and I guess the, I guess the other thing I'll t- I'll take away here. Um, I guess maybe I'll focus on on sort of the girls. Um, yeah, it's it's you know I said this I said I said this a couple times. It's and I think we're seeing it more and more of Elaine sort of stepping up, right? Because mm-hmm. um, we said that it felt like she got sort of got her powers of of the girls that went to the tower. So Nynaeve, Elaine, and Egwene felt like she was kind of like last to sort of like to get to get her powers and sort of have like sort of cool moments and stuff like that. Uh, and so now it does feel like she is sort of starting to step up a little bit. Yeah. Um, like she is obviously the one and they're talking to um, Egwene. And then I think when the wise ones tell her that she shouldn't be there, I think she handles it well, mm-hmm. uh, even though she, what she should have said was shut your mouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. but no, so I, so, you know, I like I like when we see people sort of level up as we, as we say, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the only, my only complaint, about this whole thing is where's Perrin? Are we Where I mean is Perrin? Oh are we ever gonna see Perrin? I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Dude, hey, we were just in the two rivers. We referenced it in the dream world. The banners are flying, Morgaze is pissed about it, Gabriel doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh so something's happening in the in the in the two rivers, and we know it's Perrin. Uh, but we're yeah. not really sure. Yeah, what is brewing when when do we get, uh, yeah, Fayil and, and Perrin and everybody down there? Isn't that crazy to think we've had a crap ton of characters? We've explored a lot of the maidens. Like, there's there's a new maiden mentioned all the time, Maiden of the Spear. You have, uh, you, you've encountered the Black Aja. You're hearing more about the Forsaken. Like, there's just more and more and more characters. And we have a whole batch of them that we know very well that are sitting in the two rivers that, what's going on down there? We have no idea. Yeah. So no idea. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. As, um, do we, do we, do we have a pigeon today or no pigeon today? We talked uh, just shout out at the top of the show, uh, on, on our, uh, one of our uh, patrons there. And then, uh, really guys, there hasn't been much show news. There's not really been a whole lot going on. And, uh, you know, if, by the way, if there are thoughts, things that we missed, or things that need more clarity, that's always a good thing to send us a pigeon on. Uh, we cover these in large batches. I mean, we're not just doing chapter by chapter. Some podcasts have, have done a chapter by chapter, and I think you can get into the nitty gritty. You get the text. You 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 pull out the words, and you, you actually get to kind of um, go through that. It's sort of what we do for for bend the knee um, in our Game of Thrones, the Song of Ice and Fire podcast, and you, you get more in depth with that we're kind of doing this cursory takeaway so sometimes if things need more explanation or they're confusing or we missed a big point or something that's a great time to send us a pigeon or send us a message and we'll read that we'll do kind of a recap like hey here's some things we missed so make sure you send those in if you have any questions or thoughts uh or or what have you now if it's something i i spoiled i'm not going to if it was an accident or whatever i'm not gonna emphasize it more later so just you know you can let me know that way I can keep a closer eye on things. I I'm, I appreciate that anytime. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. With that, we want to thank you for answering the call. In our next episode, we will be discussing The Fires of Heaven, Part uh, 4, Chapters 26 through 35. Yeah, absolutely. And if you would, friends, uh, please subscribe to the podcast over on whatever whatever uh, app you're using. But if you want to, again, as Matt said at the top of the show, subscribing on Apple uh, and and using using their podcasting you know app is a, is a big deal. That we might be 
uh, sending a lot of cool stuff that way. So don't forget to subscribe, like us, write that review, leave a comment, or send us a message at thehornofvalera at gmail.com. We will see you soon, and remember that the grave is no bar to our call. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.